Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I am your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor here in the upstate of South Carolina, and you can find all of my contact information in the show notes. Whether you want to text me, whether you want to call me, whether you want to email me, all of that stuff is in there. Just look up the show, look at the notes, look at the description. It is in there. I promise you. I always include it. Um, And just a reminder, the housekeeping that we always have to do here, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Please leave a five-star rating if you love the show. And please support the show by leaving a short little review. That's all I ask. All I ask is that you do those things and that you think about me for any of your real estate needs in the Greenville area of South Carolina. And I keep pumping out content for you guys simply with those two things in mind that I'm, I'm hoping that this show gets out to more people and I'm hoping that my business expands to more people that are listening to the show. And so you guys can play a small role in doing that and I would appreciate it so very much. Today we're going to be talking about the contract change that happened in the state of South Carolina in the middle of June. I'm recording this in the middle-ish of August and so I've now had two months of this new contract under my belt. Um, and we did an episode, we've actually done a few episodes on this uh, in the lead up to the contract going live. But the long story short is, if you, in case you didn't listen to those, I'm just going to summarize real fast here. Um, we switched recently to a due diligence only contract. What this means, there used to be multiple options that buyers had for an inspection period. And now they don't have multiple options. They have a due diligence period. Um, And the time period of the due diligence period, how long it lasts, it can vary. Um, It can change depending on the actual, um, the whatever the the buyers and sellers actually agree to do. Um, During that due diligence period, the buyer can back out for any reason, but the buyer has to surrender a termination fee if they back out during that due diligence period. Um, What is the termination fee? How much is it? Well, that's also up for negotiation, just like the length of the due diligence period is up for negotiation. Um, And so this has now, this has caused a a lot of, I don't want to say headache, but it's caused a lot of realtors to have to to change the way they think and, and buyers and sellers have to change the way they think about looking at offers. And it has had a major ripple effect because in, in the past, basically, sellers had to, they were obligated under what we called the repair procedure to make any kind of major repairs that were discovered. So if there were any structural issues with the house, if, if there were any issues with the plumbing systems or electrical systems, there were nine categories. Um, any issues with any of those things, the seller was obligated to address those. Now, under due diligence, that's changed. The buyer can back out for any reason if they forfeit their termination fee, but also the seller is not obligated to perform any repairs. And that can be scary to buyers in this market. They're just like, well, what happens if if we discover that the house is about to fall down? Well, you back out and you lose your termination fee. And so that becomes a major important point of, as a buyer, how you structure your offer, and as a seller, how you evaluate the offer's uh, that you may or may not have. So now that we have, I have a couple of months under my belt, both representing buyers and representing sellers under this new due diligence system, how's it going? Let's check in. Let's talk about what I am seeing. Now, my first point that I want to make, the, the first thing that comes to mind when I think about this is that 
it's awfully confusing to explain to people who haven't worked with it before. And, it, and it's even more confusing because um, every state has like their own different names for it. In North Carolina, they they call it due diligence, but it works differently than it does in South Carolina. Uh, I've heard some states refer to it as an option period. It's just like, I, and I don't do, I don't practice real estate in these other states. So it's like, I can't, if people are like, well, is it like, you know, the option period that we have in our state? I'm just like, I have no idea. All I can do is explain what it is here in South Carolina. And you can tell me whether or not it's comparable to what it is in your state. Um, but it's confusing for people coming out of state. It's confusing for people here in South Carolina that are just doing a, a normal real estate transaction. It's like, okay, so there's earnest money that the buyer has to pay up front, but then they don't have they don't get their earnest money back unless they terminate during the due diligence period. But then if they terminate during the due diligence period, then um, then they have to pay a termination fee, and it's just confusing. But that being said, repair procedure was also very confusing. It was it was confusing to people to try to explain the nine categories that sellers were obligated to repair and then how there would then be debates over whether, you know, is a broken outlet, does that mean that the electrical system is is completely, you know, in need of repair? You know, there were just so many key words in that repair procedure section uh, that ended up creating really more headache in the end for, for all parties. Um, so it's always kind of these inspection and repair related parts of, of the contract in South Carolina have been confusing for a while now. Um, and so that hasn't necessarily changed. Um, it's just a different type of conversation than what it was before, a very different type of conversation. I'm having Now it's focused more on money and when you might lose it or when you might get it back. Versus in the past, it was mostly focused on what are the seller's obligations under this contract. Well, now there are no seller obligations outside of conveying the home with a with a clear title. Um, so that's something that immediately comes to mind when I think about this is that I've had to completely change. You know, when I'm talking to a buyer or seller for the first time, I have to completely change how I approach that conversation, trying to explain um, what is going to happen under the due diligence period. Um, now, one thing that I've been tracking very closely is what are we seeing? What have we seen these past two two months and change as far as like what buyers are offering for their termination fee? Because again, that's the rub, right? When you're in your due diligence period, if you back out during that period of time, you have to forfeit your termination fee. Um, now, for earnest money which is the one that you you pretty much buyers pretty much always get back their earnest money um, unless they just completely default on on the contract in some way or another. Um, but in the state of South Carolina, it's pretty pretty buyer friendly on the earnest money front, just in my experience. Um, with earnest money, our standard is about one percent of the purchase price. So for a three hundred thousand dollar home, standard earnest money would be three thousand dollars. Um, with the due diligence termination fee, there isn't a standard yet, but it seems like most buyers are offering less than the earnest money. So most buyers are offering less than 1%. And I predicted this. If you go back and, and listen to my previous uh, due diligence episodes, I anticipated that buyers would start with being more conservative because that's money that you're on the hook for. And unlike the earnest money, which is pretty easy for a buyer to get back, even if they completely default, 
I don't want to say it's easy for them to get back if they completely default, but it's a possibility at least that they could get it back. Um, this termination fee, the way this contract is structured, you aren't getting it back. The, the way the language is, you you have to pay the full amount. There is no negotiating. It is you were saying, I will pay this amount if I back out during my due diligence period. So um, there is not yet a standard for how much that amount is. Um, and what I'm seeing mostly is buyers putting 1% for the earnest money and something less, maybe a half a percent or something like that for the termination fee. Um, now, what about sellers? How are sellers responding to this? I'm seeing on the flip side that sellers are putting a ton of weight on the amount of the termination fee. This is becoming a major, major point of assessing offers like it's it's really right up there now i think with the purchase price the purchase price is always going to be number one um and then you know the appraisal contingency is up there as well the termination fee is right up there too so now i feel like these are the three things that sellers are really zeroing in on purchase price whether there's an appraisal contingency or not and what the termination fee is for the due diligence period, because it shows you how much skin. Those three things tell you how much skin the buyer has in the game. Um, now, on a recent listing, to give an example, I had four offers that came in. One of them was dramatically higher than the other. But remember, the appraisal and the termination fee are important. It had a full appraisal contingency, and this home would not have appraised for the price that they had under contract for. It would not have appraised, um, but the other, so so that was a, a difficult sell. But then the the real death knell for the offer was that it, then it had zero dollar termination fee. The buyer could back out during their due diligence period for any reason, um, and and so though so it only had one of the three. Those three things were attractive. It needed to have at least two of the three things be attractive. But really, a zero-dollar termination fee um, in in this market that's still a seller's market. That's just those offers are just not going to get accepted in multiple offer situations. Now, if that had been the only offer, maybe, maybe it could have been accepted. I would have countered and tried to get them to have some skin in the game, try to get them to have at least some sort of termination fee. But ultimately, the seller went with a lower offer that had an acceptable termination fee. Um, it still had the appraisal contingency, but it had uh, a termination fee that was more acceptable. Um, on the buy side, um, I just had a client that recently went under contract that did a large termination fee. So it was a roughly $500,000 house. So their earnest money was in the $5,000 range. And they went with a, they really wanted the house and the house was in good condition. So they went with a $10,000 due diligence termination fee. Um, and here's what's really interesting that happened. So it was a multiple offer situation, which was why they they wanted to go so aggressive. It ended up that a cash offer came in for a, a really high amount. Okay, it was uh, about twenty one thousand dollars above what the house was listed for. Um, but that cash offer, I don't know what the amount was, but the termination fee was substantially less than ten thousand dollars. And so the listing agent actually called me up and they said, "Hey." We've got a, a cash offer in hand for this amount, which is higher than your offer. But my client likes that your termination fee is much higher than theirs. They're they're very cautious. They want them, they want this to be more or less a done deal. 
if your client is willing to go up, even though their offer is financed, if they are willing to go up, and by the way, they had to waive their appraisal contingencies. So again, they they had two of two of the things that we needed: the the high termination fee and waiving the appraisal contingency because they had enough money in the bank that they could do that. Um, and and this listing agent said they will accept your client's offer if they match the price of the cash offer that we have in hand. Um, now I don't know if that resonates with you, but let me say this. Never in my career have I seen someone accept a financed offer of the same price over a cash offer. I have never seen that. And the termination fee ended up being a major equalizer. And of course, again, coupled with waiving the appraisal contingency. I don't know if this would have happened if if they had required an appraisal contingency as it was. It was the it was the right move because the lender didn't end up even requiring an appraisal, so it was perfect. Um, but they they ended up being able to do something that I have never seen in my career: beat out an equal cash offer on the basis of their termination fee. Um, and so I think that that's awesome. It's another tool in the toolbox for buyers trying to win out in a multiple offer situation. And for both my buyer and seller clients. What, what I'm trying to help them to understand is really we need to consider the risk reward um, of offers and of your, your termination fee and due diligence period and all of that based on the, the condition of the home. The condition of the home really plays a huge role, in, in my opinion, into what buyers and sellers should be considering when they're making offers or looking at offers. So for instance, is a home not in great condition. If I'm a seller selling a home that's not in very good condition, I want a higher termination fee. Like I'm that's that becomes a very big deal to me because I want to make sure that the chance of a contract falling apart on the basis of its condition is really really minimal. Um, and if it does fall apart, at least you get something out of it. And you know, again, the homes that typically end up falling out, they end up not getting to closing tend to be homes. It's it's a much higher rate with homes that aren't in good condition. So if I'm a seller, I'm really taking that into consideration and looking for those higher termination fees and putting substantially more value on contracts that have higher due diligence termination fees than those that don't. Um, if I'm a buyer looking at a home that's not in good condition, obviously the ideal is to do a lower termination fee, although that may mean you get outbid by someone else willing to take more of a risk. Um, and so this is a very important detail that, that I've alluded to, but not said as explicitly. Um, in competitive offer situations, a buyer can now get outbid in multiple ways. Earnest money, the 1% has kind of been the standard. And even buyers going like well above that, that hasn't traditionally like really moved the needle very much for sellers. Because like, I, like I've said a few times, usually buyers are able to get... At, all or at least part of their earnest money back. And they can hold up a transaction on the basis of the earnest money. There, there's a lot that that can go into that. Um, but the the termination fee does move the dial because that that is something that the buyer is going to forfeit if they terminate the contract during their due diligence period. And so um, now you can get outbid both on the price and on the termination fee, or you can be the one outbidding others on the price and the termination fee. So there are now two numbers that are really, really important, whereas in the past there was really one because the earnest money, we just always 
kind of assumed it was just going to be roughly that 1%. And and we will continue to operate under that. It appears that the market is continuing to, to operate under that uh, moving forward. And so uh, to, to go back to if I'm a buyer looking at a home that's not in, not in great condition, um, I, I you need to be careful. You need to be careful with that termination fee. You might end up with a home that needs to just be torn down or, or has some major issues, and now you're on the hook for several thousand dollars um, that you don't want to have to pay because it's like the seller they they need to be able they need to address these things, but the seller might not be willing to do that. And so that's you have to weigh the risk and the reward. I think my clients that are more knowledgeable about construction and home conditions and whatnot that have uh, you know, a lot of experience maybe flipping houses or, or buying and selling houses, I feel more comfortable with them going higher on a termination fee for a home that needs work than I do for clients that are first-time home buyers. Also, a major consideration is obviously how much money do they have in the bank? I've had some first-time home buyers that are like having to to use up just about all of their savings in order to make a home purchase, um, which you might say, well, they shouldn't do that. Well, I'll say that I'm not a financial advisor um, and I don't pretend to be one, but that is something that when I have a client that doesn't that I know doesn't have a lot of money in the bank, I'm I'm going to to say, you know, hey, are you sure that you want to put yourself at risk for losing, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars during your due diligence period? How comfortable are you doing that? And so these are all things to consider. Um, and Again, this is a big shift from the past because the termination fee is very clearly being weighed higher than earnest money by sellers at this point. And, uh, and, and so in these multiple offer situations, that termination fee is really, really important. Um, how does the strategy change with, with a home that's in good condition, right? We've been talking about homes that aren't in good condition. What about the ones that are in good condition? Um, well, the strategy certainly can change in these instances. Um, on the sell side, if I'm a seller, um, if I'm a listing agent and I'm confident about the home's condition, I'm less concerned about accepting an offer with the highest termination fee because the, the likelihood of people backing out for a home that's in very good condition is much lower when you're talking about a home that is in good condition, right? Um, and hopefully there won't be a whole lot of things that show up on an inspection report, maybe some small things. Um, if they ask for repairs, hopefully it won't be a very extensive list. And and so having a, a higher termination fee might not be as important with a home that is already in good condition. Um, that being said, do I feel comfortable with a $0 termination fee on an offer? No. We still want to have buyers have some skin in the game. This is still a seller's market. Buyers need to pony up and be willing to take some risks. They have to. And, and if... You get an offer with a buyer that's not willing to take the risk, uh, that they're not willing to go to put any due diligence down, or, or it's just a, a very um, small termination fee, I would be very skeptical about that buyer. Might be an investor that's just looking for a, a way to potentially wiggle out or try to renegotiate the price after they do inspections. Who knows? Um, but the termination fee is still important in these situations where a home is in uh, good condition, but... If we have multiple offers that come in and one of them is a substantially higher price, but the termination fee isn't the highest, um, I, I wouldn't be as concerned about that 
as uh, as some others might be, as was the case with my client that uh, that was able to get the house under contract because they put a higher termination fee. Now, I don't know what the cash offers termination fee was. Like if it was like $500 or 1000 or something like that, then that would have caused some major w- red flags for me. But let's say their termination fee was like three or $4,000. That house was immaculate. And I would not have, as a seller, been concerned about only having a three or $4,000 termination fee uh, in comparison to a $10,000 one. Um, so I, I'd like to know at some point, I'll probably ask the agent once we're past this, uh, once we've actually closed on it, I'll probably ask, hey, what was, what was the termination fee on that cash offer? Are you willing to share that with me? Because um, that would be pretty interesting data. Um, now, on the flip side, if I'm a buyer and a home appears to be in good condition, that gives me confidence to go with a higher termination fee, potentially, potentially. And, and again, as a buyer's agent, as a listing agent, I try to mirror the energy of my clients, and I try to mirror the concerns of my clients. If if my clients are very conservative and, and they want to do XYZ on the termination fee because they're conservative, or if they're more aggressive, they want to do XYZ on the termination fee, all I do is I explain the pros and cons, and they have to make the decision at the end of the day. I can't, I'm not going to tell them, you need to do this termination fee. Not going to do it. Um, I at the end of the day, they have to make the decision. But I will explain the pros and cons of the various decisions that they'll make. Um, so I feel better if I'm buying a property, going with a higher termination fee, if I already have a pretty good sense that the home has been kept in good condition. Now, the devil is in the details here because some homes can look like they're in good condition, but then have old roofs. Um, AC units that are working but are, are near the end of their lifespan, problems in the crawl space, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is why I go out of my way to look at all these things when doing a showing. I try to help my clients to see the roof, to see the AC units, to, to glance in the crawl space. I'm not an inspector, but sometimes I'm able to identify problems before we even make the offer. I have an eye for it. I used to be an insurance adjuster, so I do have some sort of of an eye for some of these things. And I think that that's very important. That helps the buyer then to be more confident. Okay, we're good. You know, we can move forward without a lot of concern that there's going to be major things flagged that will just come as a big shock to us. Age of the home is also an important detail here. So in the instance of my client that offered the $10,000 termination fee, that home was only five years old. So we know that everything in the home was only five years old at the end. Um, An older home, even if it's been remodeled, is just at a much higher risk of having issues that you won't immediately notice during a showing. Not to mention that all the code-related things will be outdated. There's just a a whole lot more that goes into an older home, a lot more risk when buying an older home than when buying a newer one. A five-year-old home not a whole lot is gonna is likely to be wrong with it as long as it's been kept in good condition. Um, now, what's interesting is we actually did find uh, termites, active termites at, at the house. Now, was my client on the hook for that during their due diligence period? Ah, great question. Thank you for asking that question. Um, there is a separate contingency. It, it was separate before, and it's still separate in the South Carolina contract that deals with wood infestation. It's what we call the CL100. That is the form that the uh, that the inspector fills out that states whether there is some kind of active wood infestation. And so 
I never recommend to any of my clients to ever waive the CL100. That we have problems with termites and moisture in the state of South Carolina, uh, particularly on homes that are on a crawl space. Um, but even slab homes, even though there's almost no risk on a home that's built on a slab foundation of termite or moisture issues, I still always recommend to my clients, get that inspection done. It's like a hundred bucks. It doesn't cost very much money. You need to get it done. And so I had clients that they um, they caught that there that the, that even in just a five year old home that there were termites. Now they hadn't caused any structural damage yet. They hadn't they hadn't gotten up to that point yet, which is great. But with, they were covered even outside of that due diligence. They would not have if they had tried to find a way to back out on the basis of there being termites in the crawl space. We probably could have found a way to do that on the basis of the CL one hundred. Thankfully, they didn't. They just they agreed that the seller needed to treat the problem. The seller did, and all is good. Um, and and that actually transitions right into some of the downstream things that I've that I've noticed here, um, as far as how things have changed from the standpoint of then negotiating repairs. Right, this has been a big part of uh, of real estate in South Carolina for a long time is the repair negotiation. Uh, and under repair procedure, there would sometimes be a lot of back and forth that would happen. Um, I had some, uh, sometimes buyer's agents would send me like, uh, you know, five or six pages of repairs that needed to be done that they thought needed to be done on the basis of repair procedure. And that was a joke. You know, it was like, come on, we're not going to, are we really going to, are you really going to trust the seller to do five pages worth of repairs? Like, that's not even a good idea. Um, at that point, you just need to, to, try to get back out if you think that that much work needs to be done to the house. Um, uh, but all that to be said, that has really, at least from my experience, from what I've seen, um, that has changed pretty dramatically now under this due diligence contract. Buyers are asking for fewer repairs in general. They're focused on the items that are really important to them and just asking for a handful of items, not not asking for five pages of repairs, just asking for here's here's three or four things that we want to have done. And then the sellers don't have to do those things. But what I'm seeing is that sellers are being reasonable, that they're generally speaking, agreeing to some or perhaps even all the repairs. And so we're kind of going back to, at least with the sellers, while we're in the seller's market, a bit of an honor system. But the sellers that I have dealt with so far have been honorable in that honor system, they've been willing to address things as long as they're not ticky-tack. They've been willing to ad address things that are important. And that's been nice to see. I hope to continue that energy. Um, I know that uh, probably sooner than later, I'm going to run into a seller that isn't uh, willing to do that, that is hard to work with. I have had that in the past. That will continue to happen in the future. Um, but for now, it's seeming like sellers are being reasonable. They're, they're not just using all of their leverage and just saying, you know, even in, in that case with the $10,000 termination fee, like the only leverage that my buyer client had to, you know, if a seller wasn't willing to make any repairs with the exception of the termite related stuff, the only leverage that, that they had was to back out and forfeit $10,000. Uh, but the seller still agreed to do the repairs that we asked. So it that um, just makes a big difference in a transaction. I'm recommending to all of my sellers, hey, be reasonable. If the buyer is reasonable, it's a good idea for you to be reasonable. For my buyer clients, same thing. I'm recommending to them, be, let's be reasonable in these repair requests. Because if we ask for 
20 thing for them to do 20 things, but really only three or four of them are important to you, the likelihood that the seller is going to agree to all of these is pretty minimal. And there's a good chance that they're going to agree to five or six of these. And that might only include one or two of the ones that are important to you. Maybe not, maybe not any of the ones that are important to you. So why don't we just ask for the ones that are important? Generally speaking, it's not a good idea to have a seller doing a bunch of repairs anyway, as I've already alluded to, because they're not going to do a very good job. They're on their way out of the home, They right? They're on their way out. So they're, they're not going to treat these repairs as well as they would if this were a home that they were actually living in and repairing for themselves. Um, so all of that is something to consider. I think the ideal transaction, both parties are reasonable and things just stay on track and we don't run into any drama with potentially having to back out or do anything like that. And that is the ideal. Um, so all in all, I have been happy with how uh, this due diligence system has worked. Um, I'll continue to uh, to monitor the, the situation. As I've said in the previous podcast about this, the whether a due diligence is buyer-friendly or seller-friendly, it, it all depends on the market. In a seller's market, it's seller-friendly. In a buyer's market, it's buyer-friendly. If we at some point shift to a buyer's market, I think that seeing $0 termination fees could become the norm. Um, right now in the seller's market, having higher termination fees are really important in order to win in a multiple offer situation. And, and, and you know, even in a buyer's market, there will still be multiple offer situations and that termination fee will continue to, to be an, an important number. Um, but during a seller's market like we have right now, these multiple offer situations are very, very common. Um, and so being aggressive with that termination fee is going to be very important for buyers moving forward to get the homes that they want. So that's all for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, please, if you love the show, if you like the show, if you hate the show, I don't care, please hit the subscribe button, leave five stars as a rating, leave a short little review. Um, please make sure that you avail yourself if you're interested in talking real estate or if you need a realtor, avail yourself of my contact information. It's in the show notes and we will talk again next week. <laughs>